AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Well, the markets are uh, pretty uninspiring so far today. Not much to report at all on that. So we'll turn our attention to the general economy and then kick off our Farmer Forum. Live from the foothills of Hump Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Luke Lauritsen and Nick Ehlers. And right after the news, Margie Eckelkamp from The Scoop. I'm your handsome host, Davis Michelson. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. In case you're just joining us, Chip is out this week, but he will return next week for a full week of coverage. In the meantime, the news never stops. And we've got a lot to get to today. Dr. Vince Malanga will be with us. We're going to go over some of these inflation numbers. Um, so, And I want to set up just a little bit my conversation this afternoon. I've got Todd Bubba Horwitz for the entire hour this afternoon, which if you've tuned into a Bubba show before, you know, I mean, the idea is just open the chute and let him run type of deal. But I do have some very specific things I want to talk to him about. There's been some news about the petrodollar, China meeting with Saudi Arabia, the BRICS, um, what would you call it? confederation is growing everybody wants a piece of bricks and uh, it's got nothing to do with the united states or does it i'd like to find out um what vince's thoughts are as a setup for this afternoon's conversation and then uh you know it, it could be interesting who knows and then we've got our farmer forum we're going to get an update from luke and nick on what's going on in their operations uh in their regional areas and and where their heads are at as we close out the year and then of course margie Eckelkamp from the scoop will join us right after the news so uh let's let's hop right into it ag secretary tom vilsack announced the second round of project funding under usda's partnerships for climate smart commodities he says the second round of funding is different from the first yes he did here he goes We realized that we needed to have smaller projects that could also be available. We're announcing the second phase, the phase that really is focused on smaller scale farming operations and partnerships that will, in fact, ensure full participation in this historic opportunity to transform American agriculture. We're announcing $325 million to be awarded to 71 additional projects. These grants will range anywhere from a quarter of a million dollars to as much as $5 million. The Federal Reserve will release a policy statement and economic projections at 1 p.m. Central Time today. Chairman Jerome Powell will hold a press conference at 1.30. Most expect a 50 basis point hike in rates, but the key will be any signals for rate hikes ahead and comments Powell makes during his presser. The European Central Bank and the Bank of England meet tomorrow and are likely to follow the the Fed with half-point rate hikes. 
According to data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, the average contract interest rate for 30-year fixed-rate mortgages in the United States firmed to 6.42% in the weekend of December 9. In November, rates reached 7.14%, the highest since 2001. House and Senate Appropriations Committee leaders announced Tuesday evening they had reached uh, agreement on a bipartisan bicameral framework that will allow them to complete details of the omnibus spending bill. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says the package must be passed by the end of the day, December 22nd. Now, this is interesting because uh, McConnell also went on to say that if they can't get something figured out here, that they're going to have to meet in that week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, And so basically what they've done here is given themselves a little bit more time to figure things out, and hopefully uh, we can keep the government up and running and funded. Shippers urged the U.S. railroad regulators to create more competition in the industry during hearings in which Union Pacific was called to explain a spike in service restrictions. Shippers used the public forum to air grievances about an industry structure that they say gives railroads the power to boost prices and pad their profit even as service suffers. Companies including Cargill Inc. and Ag Processing Inc. pointed to reduced workforces as one of the main culprits for rail car curtailments. Lance Fritz, the chief executive officer of Union Pacific, said services suffered because the railroad did not have enough train crews at the beginning of the year. The Biden administration is finalizing plans to send the Patriot missile defense system to Ukraine that could be announced as soon as this week. Ukraine has been calling for the U.S. to send the advanced air defense system that is widely considered one of the most capable long-range weapons to defend airspace against incoming missiles, as well as some aircraft. It would be the most effective long-range defensive weapons system sent to the country, and officials say it will help secure airspace for NATO nations in Eastern Europe. Meanwhile, world leaders vowed to swiftly send Ukraine more than $1.05 billion in aid at a conference hosted by France. Roughly $415 million in the package will go to repairing Ukraine's energy infrastructure. OPEC maintained its outlook for global oil supply and demand on Tuesday, suggesting it does not expect Western attempts to set a price cap for Russian oil to have much impact on global crude flows. And I feel like crude oil is something that we should probably mention with Dr. Vince and then again later on this afternoon with Bubba. And finally, China is moving forward with economic and COVID policy meetings this week after previously saying they would be postponed, pointing to a potential reopening occurring sooner than later. The country will stop counting asymptomatic cases of COVID as high numbers of such patients were no longer taking part in testing However, the country is now pushing more vaccinations as it appears to pivot away from its zero COVID policies. And with that, let's bring in Margie Eckelkamp from The Scoop. Margie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Davis. Let's talk about the Business Innovation Award. You were on stage recognizing uh, some, uh, some leaders in business innovation. Yeah, so this is a a brand new award, Davis, that is sponsored by our friends at EFC Systems by EverAg. And it's looking to recognize a single ag retail location and its team for how they are digitizing their ERP, agronomics, and business data to elevate how they serve customers. So we had 
an incredible response in applications. And the standout for this year's award was the team at Crop 63, part of Series Solutions, a co-op headquartered in Indiana. And what really stood out was how the team at Crop 63 started with the seed business digitized all of its activities, both business to business, as well as business to farmer to achieve zero shrink. So in short, what does that really mean? It means they're not losing seed anymore. They know exactly when that seed is ordered, when it is received, and when it is delivered to the farmer. And they know where the seed is and what seed is there at any point along the journey. That also means they're doing a lot less paperwork. So it actually requires a huge reduction in overtime needs. And employees feel like, perhaps their work that they're doing is being elevated. They're doing less of the uh, paperwork and more of actually doing and getting the work done. So the full story is our cover story in the December issue of The Scoop. And I also have a couple of guys from that team coming on The Scoop podcast. Margie Eckelkamp from The Scoop. Thanks for your time this morning. Coming up next, we've got Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics. We're talking inflation. We're talking crude. We're talking Petro One. What? What even is that? Stick around to find out. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by NK Seeds, the fastest growing seed brand, getting you top hybrids and varieties that perform on your acre. NK Seeds, bushels don't lie. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk. My first guest this morning, Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics. Dr. Malanga, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, you're welcome. It's good to hear from you guys. Uh, Dr. Vince, annual inflation rate in the U.S. down for a fifth straight month, 7.1%, uh, lowest since December last year and below market forecasts by two-tenths of a point. That follows a 7.7% print in October. What is to be made of the uh, decline in inflation? Well, you know, as we've been saying uh, in previous interviews, when you're in an environment like this, which, been, which has been affected by supply chain difficulties and that kind of thing, when inflation falls, it starts to fall hard. And I think we're beginning to see evidence of that, particularly in the last two or three months. And I think as we look out over the next three to six months, we're going to continue to see uh, inflation rates come down pretty hard uh, in here. We may not get the 2% uh, 
by mid-year 2023, but we'll be awfully close. Wow. Uh, okay, that's that's quite the forecast. Uh, so the the trouble is over. Is that is that what you're saying? This is pretty good news, Vince. Well, the, the trouble may be over. You know, the tra- trouble may be in its last stages on inflation, but we're dealing with a weak economy uh, in here and growing prospects for a recession as a result of the lagged effects from uh, previous actions by the Fed uh, and the like. So it's not all a bed of roses. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, we had Joe Vaklovic on the show yesterday. He was talking about the the 70s when there was sort of a pause in inflation before inflation then shot ridiculously higher. Is there any chance here softer inflation at the moment is just a pause before another run higher? I don't think so. I don't think this is anything like the 1970s. I think it's much more like the... Uh, the period after the 1918-1919 flu pandemic, where we had a recession. Inflation was high for the same reasons as now. We had a stiff recession induced by the Fed. Inflation bottomed, uh, and it led to a decade of slow growth, uh, stable prices, uh, and enormous gains in productivity. Uh, And I think that's the model that I've been working with. I think that's the one we should be following and it would be gratifying to me if policymakers would latch on to it. So you're telling me I should be practicing my Charleston for the upcoming Roaring Twenties? Well, I don't know if it's <laughs> going to be the Roaring Twenties, but it's not going to be the dismal Seventies, that's for sure. That's excellent. Terrific. Um, so we've got the uh, the Fed meeting today. It, it seems like a layup that we'll see a half-point uh, interest rate hike here. Is is there is their strategy working? And do you do you agree a half point? Well, I think it's you know it's not what they're going to do here. We know they're going to raise by fifty basis points. It's it's more like what we what he's going to say as opposed to what he's going to do. Mm. And I think as we approach year end, you know, in two thousand eighteen, uh, the Fed was pretty belligerent at this time of year, and equity markets collapsed into the end of the year, and the Fed the Fed found themselves in a position of having to ease. Uh, in the early part of 2019. I don't think they want a repeat of that. Uh, I think they have some evidence now in the economy and inflation to back up and e- to back, uh, to back up an easier approach. And so I think he'll be less strident, uh, and emphasize data dependency more, more than the notion that they're just going to continue tightening until they reach their objectives. So the U.S. seems to be at least on the right track, uh, if I'm following your logic here. What about the rest of the world, the European Union, the U.K.? Um, is is it the case that perhaps the U.S. is is a bit of a leading indicator here, and we can we can expect for the global scene to improve uh, economically as well? Well, you know, of course, outside the United States, of course, those economies have been much more. Uh, much more vulnerable to the energy energy shocks of uh, of the past year that were induced by the Russia Ukraine uh, episode, and that's certainly not over. Uh, those those strains are going to continue to pressure uh, Europe and uh, and the like. So uh, they're certainly behind us. But if we could see our way uh, toward getting clear of that, uh, I think then the outlook there would improve. And you know. The world is full of surprises, and 
The only thing I would say is that 2022 has been a bad year for dictators. Uh, Russia, Iran, China. Wouldn't it be something if they would join the community of nations? Uh, oh, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. It, to me, it sounds like they're sort of building their own community of nations in the in the BRICS nations there. And I've read some articles that that are talking about them moving away from trading oil in the U.S. dollar to trading in yuan's. Um, we've got you know Xi Jinping got a very warm reception from uh, from the Saudis last week. What do you make of uh, of BRICS and uh, China in cahoots with Saudi Arabia? Well, I think uh, you know I think this is more a case of the blind leading the blind. Uh, the China economy is very weak. Uh, it's being pummeled not only uh, by this stupid COVID policy, but also the uh, the tattering state of their housing market and aging population. The Russia's economy is in a shambles as a result of the Russia-Ukraine uh, episode. And Iran, of course, has been that way for the longest time, and their population is really starting to react to it. So, uh, I mean, I think uh, I, I think they're all in a weak state, uh, and I think the pressure is building. Uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. How do you feel about these sanctions against Russia capping the price of, of Russian oil exports? To me, I feel like the argument could be made that, you know, what we're doing is just isolating certain bad actors and forcing them to become stronger together apart from Western powers. Well, I think there's a grain of truth to that. And the fact is the price cap was almost meaningless because Russia has been selling oil uh, below the price cap anyway. Uh, and so from what I can see, it's, uh, it, it's, it's something where you wave the flag to show people that you're trying to do something. But in terms of its impact on the energy market uh, and the like, it seems pretty, uh, pretty anemic. That almost seems counterproductive. Well, I mean, as I say, it's, you know, it gives the impression that we're trying to do something, uh, whether it be to help consumers or, you know, or placate markets. But in effect, uh, I don't know that it's counterproductive, but it's not productive. Is it uh, maybe I'm asking you to get out of your scope just a little bit here. Um, let me pull up my my screen here. Yeah. Crude oil is is higher again on the day. If we're talking about uh, crude oil trade globally, putting a cap on Russian crude. We've got Saudi Arabia in our conversation now. Uh, is it is it proper to be bullish crude right now? Well, you know the uh, the administration, the the, uh, the uh, Biden administration is sort of trying to put a floor under the crude price at somewhere is around sixty five and seventy dollars a barrel, where they said that they want to buy. Uh, uh, buy oil in order to restock uh, the depleted strategic petroleum reserve. So I think that's one factor. Uh, I think another factor is just the fact that it's getting real cold uh, out there and oil has gone through a significant correction. Uh, and so I don't know that I want to get all that bullish on oil, but I think I think there's a floor under prices and I think there's probably a ceiling as long as the economy is weak. Uh, and the demand side of the equation is weak, which it is. Gasoline usage is running about 10% below year-ago levels. Mm. I think it's going to be hard to generate uh, significant upside. 
unless, of course, those crazy producers decide to really sharply cut production again, which I don't expect. Well, drill us down to the kitchen table, America USA, credit card debt very high, $1.171 trillion, a fresh record in October. Is the American consumer in financial trouble here? Well, I don't know that I'd say he's in financial trouble, but, you know, the saving rate is down to 2%, uh, which is uh, lower than it's been since uh, 2007, 2008. Credit card balances are up. Uh, housing prices are down. And, of course, financial markets have been weak in 2022, so wealth is down as well. So there are strains out there. So far, you know, the labor market has been sufficiently resilient uh, to cushion some of those strains. If the way, if the labor market starts to weaken, uh, then that will come to the forefront. I hope and think that the Fed is aware of that, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think they're going to be less strident uh, as we go forward in here. Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate your insights. Okay, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to you, too, sir. Have a great day. That was Dr. Vince, Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics. We've got the Farmer Forum coming up, and we're going to check in with the markets with Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady coming up next on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining us now, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Brian, I'm I'm going to make the call on the markets right now, and uh, the call is meh, not a whole lot going on. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, so the uh, outside markets they're supportive today. The stock markets uh, trading to the upside. Uh, the dollar's under pressure. Uh, we've got crude oil futures about two dollars higher at the moment, uh, uh, but that isn't having an impact on the uh, the corn and wheat markets in particular. Uh, HRW wheat futures are posting double-digit losses here and leading uh, the grain markets lower. Uh, that's having a, an impact on the other wheat markets and, and also corn. Uh, now we are seeing a little bit of strength start to develop in the uh, soy complex, and, and meal kind of led us to the upside, but soybeans are now firming as well here mid-morning. And uh, soy oil is also trading to the upside. So soy complex higher, grain markets lower. Yeah, the corn market just looks plain sleepy, down a cent and a half, cent and a quarter, down three quarters of a cent. The December down four and three quarters. Yeah, not not much going on, to be honest with you there. Just just a mildly weaker tone with, with that influence from uh, the wheat market. Well, the uh, the cattle market mixed with fats slightly lower and feeder cattle slightly higher. 
Yeah, just just waiting on cash cattle trade to develop in the uh, live cattle market there. Probably going to be about steady, and that's why you're not seeing much movement in the, the front end of that market today. Uh, with the uh, mild weakness in the uh, corn market, uh, feeder cattle are trading a little bit to the upside. And, and then, like you mentioned, kind of a mixed tone in, in the hogs. Uh, front end of the market is just a little bit weaker. Uh, the cash index ticked up today, but uh, waiting on a little bit more strength there first. And here's that January crude contract up 206.7745 this morning. That's Brian Grady from Pro Farmer on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. We're about to set off our weekly farmer forum, but first, let's get to today's Yields in the Fields. Yields in the Fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Microessentials from Mosaic, the science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. And let us cast our gaze northward to southern Minnesota this morning. Where a farmer says crops are in, yields were actually pretty good. Despite a tough season, nothing left to do now but scoop snow, I guess. Yields in the Fields brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic. Let's bring in our Farmer Forum panelists. First, let me welcome Nick Ehlers. Nick, good morning, sir. Uh, you scooping any snow at the moment? No, no snow here. No snow? Uh, and you're lo- remind our nope. listeners, you're located where? Uh, in the Tipton area, East Central Iowa. East Central Iowa, all right. Um, s- snow moving in up north, but uh, well, you might get a little. What's your local? Uh, what's your local meteorologist saying? Um, I think we get snow later in the week. We're warm today, so um, well, that think, yeah, good. later in the week we get some snow flurries, but yeah, not not like up north. Right, right. And let me also bring in Luke Lauritsen. Luke, uh, are you equally snowless there? We are snowless, but we had our uh, we had a nice inch 20 yesterday of rain. Um, that's probably the first moisture we've had, and I would say probably 75 to 80 days. So that was wow. very, very welcome. And we're talking to so, you. We're talking to you from where? Uh, I'm in eastern Nebraska, Arlington area, right north of Omaha, about half an hour. So. Okay. Oh, so so you needed rain over there pretty bad. We are dry yet. I mean, it's it's been dry. There's not a lot of ammonia that went on this fall because we didn't have any moisture to hold to, put it that way. So it's very dry here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Nick, uh, Luke opens the conversation. He, he said the magic word, ammonia, there. In your area, what did it look like for fall fertilizer applications? Uh, my area, it looks like everything got done. We we got a little bit of moisture at the at the right time, right at the end of harvest, and the first round of ammonia went on before Thanksgiving, and then we had a nice warm up, um, a little more moisture, and then another round of ammonia went on, and I think a lot of it got done then, and uh, uh, lots of dry fertilizer on and and lime and all of that, so our area is set up pretty good. That's good. Any. 
any, I'm, I imagine uh, growers are unhappy with the price, but uh, if, if you're set up pretty well, availability must have been uh, not an issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, availability doesn't seem to be an issue with the prices. I, I don't think I've heard of anybody running out. Good. So good. Good. I put my I can put my tin foil hat on and, and, and say that we've got plenty. <laughs> okay. All right. Luke, have you got your tin foil uh, hat? What's your thought? Oh, mine's not as big as Nick's, I'm sure, but if there's conspiracy <laughs> a little bit out there, I'm sure. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. No, I mean there was avail availability was, was there. I mean uh, but like I said, we are we were dry enough that nobody put me on irrigated even. It was just that dry. I mean nobody wanted to spend the money. It's kind of hard to put out that much money in, in uh, nitrogen. Hope it's still there next uh, summer. So that's, For sure. a little, that's a pretty little, uh, that's everybody's little caution on that end. So, so well, they're going to ex- play the game and see what spring price is. That's expensive so. hope, Luke. Woo! Yeah, you don't, <laughs> expensive and hope, two words we always use in Nebraska anymore. <laughs> so, Well, how are, how, are, how are farmers dealing with it? I mean, do you, do you just bite on a stick and and hold your nose and do what you got to do or have have you heard uh rumblings of growers making changes in their operations as they go as they go along well it all depends on who they have for retailers what they were i mean we got liquid bought in we're liquid people um but some of the ammonia people we're getting phone calls from guys wanting to know maybe going to switch because if it stays dry they don't want to go out there and put ammonia on the spring and burn fuel and put put time and energy to put it on and if it doesn't rain you're still in the same boat but i mean we were dry dry this summer i mean we're to the point where there's not not a lot of moisture in cricks and stuff like that until we got this rain so it's it's scarce dry i would put it i mean the yields for what we had we were we were way below aph obviously but we were shocking it made what it did with what lack of rain we had this summer so nick being down around tipton you probably did all right yield wise uh this year business as usual on the Ehlers ranch yeah we, we did fine we're we're quite happy with the yields the last couple of years and uh yeah we can't complain in that department mm-hmm. we've been we've been blessed with the rains we need but i would say we're i mean i don't want to say we're drought like dry but i mean like luke had said with the creeks and the river situation it's dry over here too how's basis treating you um, it seems like the end users have some coverage, so it's not quite like it was last year where they were, where they were buying it up in the front couple of weeks. It seems like the best bids are, are moving out almost to February now. So I, I think there's plenty of corn to buy around here. Luke, are you experiencing the same thing over there? Uh, we were hot. I mean, harvest finished up around here before Halloween, which never happens. And then, uh, about like the first second week in November, we were in that 75 to 90 over range. We were moving a lot of corn before Thanksgiving even. And now it's cooled off. I think we're probably in that 55, 60 over range yet, which is still phenomenal for the area. But the crop was way less than a year ago too, way less than a year ago. So mm-hmm. we're going to be kind of short in our area for a while for grain. Uh, so from from what I'm hearing, if if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is uh, it's time for store and ignore trademark. Uh, you know, we were preaching that hard early, but tell you what, the guys that hauled it straight out of the combine and got 750 cash looks like the smartest guys in the group right now, putting it in the yeah. tin can, hoping it goes up. But right, 
I mean, we had we had contracts to cover. We were playing the basis game on a lot of stuff, but I mean, they. I don't know why the December coverings now are pretty good, and I just think now they've hit the point where they're going to pay what they're going to pay, and you're going to have to deal with it. I don't know if they're going to pay any more than they have to to get it there. You know, there's obviously the way Nick's talking. There's a lot of corn in the east, and there's not much in the west. And a lot of the stuff in the west needs to go to feed yards and hogs and ethanol plants, obviously. So how much are they going to pay to get corn east to go west? or to even go south. So it's it's going to be an interesting couple of months to see where the corn goes and ends up because there's a lot of guys just sitting and waiting. And I don't – I mean, we, we make fun of it and say we do it, but, I mean, a lot of the stuff we moved, I was happy we moved when we did. Um, yeah. But it, it's kind of fallen off bed since then. Nick, you you got your so – uh, What Luke and I – Yep, go on. What Luke and I like to do is, is we like to bring in the hindsight department in these situations. <laughs> And we like to show you <laughs> where you should have sold. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It just makes it a lot easier for us. I mean, we don't really want to predict the highs. We just want to tell you where you should have sold. It's yeah. so easy to, I mean, that, I mean, we we're just like the old guys at the, the coffee shop. I wouldn't have done yeah. it that way. I'd have done uh-huh. it. This way. Oh, I you mean, sold for seven fifty. I got seven fifty five. So yeah, and a half. I mean, seven fifty five. I don't know what you. you know, yeah, I don't and know what a half. Selling right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we bring in the hindsight Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, hindsight's a still, big, big factor in, in your marketing plan. Well, and we're the elephant in the room right now, and everybody knows it is 7 and 8% operating money. Why are we sitting on it? I mean, we got to move this stuff. we got inputs to buy. we got things, payments to make. I mean, it cost of money changes the game a lot, guys, and that's that's the hard part of uh, farming going in the next year. On my end of things with the short crop, and how much it's going to take to get to next year if it doesn't rain too. So, yeah, that's where we bring in the hindsight department again. And you should have probably locked that in or, or come up with some more working capital. That's pretty simple. You Just remember, friends, interest is not a myth. You do have to pay it. So, yeah. You sh- you, and, and okay, say, so- say, oh, 8%, say 8% high to a guy that farmed in 1982. You'll get your face slapped. Uh, Yes. Yes. So yeah, what you're what you're saying is your your advice moving forward would be uh, make a ton of money like a year ago or so, and then sort of hold on to it, and and you'll be fine yeah. in the present day. Is this? A, I just want to make sure I have it straight in my yeah. notes here. And don't make any mistakes either. And it's, don't make it, any mistakes. Yeah. That's good. That's important to point out. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need mistakes right now. No, 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 not that. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Know your role. Know your role. Well, and, you know, all all joking aside, you do bring up an excellent point. I mean, uh, now is not the time to get cute. Now is not the time. I mean, we're we're on a mistake could be extremely expensive right now. Um, Interest rates aside and everything, there's just so much riding on what happens from here forward up in you know going up into next season that mistakes could be extra costly i think that's what i'm going to call the peterbilt that i bought a year ago is my mistake oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean after you mean overhaul that free <laughs> after the cat bill i'm like hmm, no christmas kids well worst comes to worse i mean a, a peterbilt's got to be big enough luxurious enough i'm sure if you did it right that if 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 you had to you could probably sleep in there yeah not me but most people <laughs> uh. 
Well, we're talking back, with uh, Nick. I mean, back to. Uh, yeah, go on. Back to the inflation talk on cost of things. I mean, parts for anything anymore has went up so many percent. Everything's went up so much percent. It's kind of scary if what do we look at the future if this price does fall down or something happens to what happens to us, you know, in the long term. Because we still got to fix things. We still got to drive trucks. We still got to run equipment. You know, it just uh, the cost of everything is absorbing the money we probably should have been making. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can you can play the game either way. Well, we'll talk about playing the game uh, and we'll look ahead to 2023 with Nick Ehlers and Luke Lauritsen when we return here on AgriTalk. Stick around through these words, everybody. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here in for Chip Flory this week. He will be back next week. Uh, Nick Ehlers and Luke Lauritsen join me for this morning's Farmer Forum. Fellas, I got a bone to pick with you. Um, I wanted to have this conversation last week, but y'all were too busy for us, apparently. Uh, gallivanting around the Midwest. Luke, uh, now, your excuse was that you were at a farm show last week. Can you tell us enough about that to we be- so that we'll believe you? Uh, yes, Lincoln, uh, Nebraska is a really good indoor farm show. Wednesday is kind of the day we always go, and me and my dad and our man and a couple other buddies went. So I don't know if I was going to duck in and out and try to be on the phone, so I just thought, you yeah. know, yeah. we'll punt and see if we'll see you next week, see if that would work. Well, so. and it did. It was a good strategy, yeah. Um, what you, what'd you find out there? What's what's the, the pulse at the, uh, the Lincoln Farm Show? Uh, the Milwaukee and the DeWalt tent was happening, but everything else was kind of slow. I mean, but otherwise, a uh, lot of lot of lookers and seers, and, and uh, lots of uh, window shopping, I would say. And then you'd ask what it cost, and then they'd walk on. So the usual farm show program. Well, and I I can't imagine this year, especially that anybody is is real willing to spend any money. Uh, a little. I mean, they'll probably here in the next week or two, maybe see the accountants, but if they went and bought inputs, they won't have a problem very fast. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, uh, Nick, you gave us a similar excuse. You said, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to do a thing. What were you up to? Uh, I was uh, traveling the Midwest with my good friend Pete Meyer from S&P. 
Global, who you guys have on now and then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went over to the Farmer to Farmer conference and listened to Jocko Willink speak. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah. you don't know, if you don't know who Jocko is, he's a ex-Navy SEAL commander. And uh, he, he, he talks about ownership and leadership. And uh, he's an intense fellow. I would imagine so. Yeah, those Navy SEAL guys are no joke. No, and he and he put together uh, teams and trained the teams, so he's he's kind of the best of the best. So, so uh, what what was your takeaway from uh, from that gathering? Um, my takeaway is that uh, that's one unique individual that that um, I think makes a a very good living now telling other people that they are terrible leaders. <laughs> well, nice work if you can get it, right? Yeah. Every, everybody cuts their own deal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, and that's that's so, sort of what, what that's how America was built, right? Everybody cuts their own deal. Yeah. But he, he, he uh, he, yeah, I mean, he's seen the absolute worst of war and had to lead people through it. And, yeah. And, um, he had to train them ahead of time to go into it and come up with a plan to figure out how do I put the best teams together? And then he's translated or manifested that into teaching corporations and the rest of America, how to, how to lead your teams or your groups or your companies. Mm. So, mm. Uh, well, you know, I had the, uh, I had a question yesterday from Joe Vaklovic on the afternoon show. He uh, he seems to think I'm some sort of expert. I don't care for that term at all. Um, he was asking me about diesel fuel, and I don't know where diesel fuel is is going to go. Um, Luke, w- what's diesel fuel look like in your area? Uh, I mean, it's been going down. I mean, uh, everybody mm-hmm. you talk to that booked it's mad because they all booked it because, you know, we're not going to have it in 25 or 32 days. But that's always been the narrative. It's never never ran out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it keeps kind of trucking out of, you know, trucking down. So we haven't booked any yet. We're still running on what we booked last year because with the short crop, we didn't burn as much fuel, obviously. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, we just kind of using hand to mouth on the truck side until it goes a little lower, maybe. Uh, how about you, Nick? Same deal? Same deal. Hand to mouth. I mean, yeah, we booked some for fall, and we, we kind of used that just about right to the gallon. And, and uh, yeah, now on the truck deal, you know, just just I don't feel there's any reason to buy a bunch. It's been going down. Now it's been coming back up. Um, there's probably a bigger discrepancy in the in the price at the rack and the price that we're paying at the pumps. Than I've ever seen, but I'm I am no expert on that. But you suppose just, they take a little like, profit. <laughs> it seems like the futures price and the price we're seeing there's a lot bigger discrepancy than normal. Were you able to uh, Were you able to pick uh, Pete Myers' brain at all uh, as far as what he's thinking on the uh, on crude, on I, diesel, I on just fuel I, in general? I, I no. Private conversation. I can't comment on any of that. Nope. That's that's where I that's where I stop. Well, it, it sounds like it's one of those cases where uh, you know you you should have booked it last month, or you shouldn't have booked it last month. So uh, here again, here's that hindsight again, uh, making us look uh, super smart here. I didn't buy any diesel either, so uh, 
I guess we can sit around with our smug sense of self-satisfaction. Your advice? advice My advice would be to ask Pete Meyer a stupid question and then sit back. (laughs) And just let him go. And grab some popcorn, too. (laughs) You're going to get that New Jersey um, wrap pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we run out of time, uh, Luke, I'm going to start with you. Talk to me about what's top of mind for you right now. What's going on uh, in your operation? What are you going to be doing uh, in the short term? Uh, we've been busy doing lime here the last month. For We do a lot of custom lime and, and hauling grain. We've been trying to do that, get some urine stuff done. Um, and also, I've been also kind of enjoying my uh, Nebraska victory. It's been yeah. eight years since we got that yeah. one over yeah. Iowa, get but we did there. get that. Get so. in there. Yeah, uh, just remember, go there, Big Red, yeah. boys. Go Big Red. Brian, so, Brian Fair, green out. Green out. So, Ehlers, what about you? What's top of mind besides the uh, the Hawkeyes' humiliating defeat? Um, been hauling grain. Um, probably signed some petitions to get rid of Brian Ferentz. I don't know. Maybe Coach Ferentz. I hope you keep him forever. We'll watch some Iowa basketball. I mean, our, our I mean, we had a girl that can actually shoot from Nebraska and make a basket in Iowa, so we've got her. But well, it sounds like, sounds like you guys got a full plate. Nick Ehlers so. and Luke Lauritsen, thanks, thanks, fellas, for being on the show this morning. Uh, come back this afternoon. We've got uh, Todd Bubba Horwitz for the entire hour, and tomorrow morning we'll meet the new USB chair and talk dairy from the Milk Business Conference.